Welcome to Business Beyond Usual. My name is Thomas DeClerc, and we're recording live from the Ross School of Business once again. I'm here with Eileen Enright, and today we're going to be chatting about the Multidisciplinary Action Project, also known as MAP. We're currently just past the midway point of this year's MAP project, and we have some MBAs with us here to talk about how their project is going. Before we get started, we want to encourage you to get in touch. We always love engaging with our listeners, and we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message at bbupodcast at umich.edu. That's bbupodcast at umich.edu. Follow us on Instagram at Ross underscore BBU. That's at Ross underscore BBU. And feel free to DM us there as well. Ask us questions, suggest episode topics, or just say hey. We'll spend some time at the beginning of each show reading some of your messages and answering any questions you have. So let's kick it off by introducing our amazing panel. Um, with us, we have Luke, Rachel, Yashesh, Elisalde, and Kanish. Thanks for joining all. Um, please introduce yourselves and share with our listeners what you were doing before us, what you're involved in on campus, and what you hope to do after. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Luke Hendon. So before coming to Ross, I was working in consulting. And here at school, I've been focused mostly on um, learning more about the healthcare and life sciences industry. And that's also been the focus of my MAP project. Hi, my name is Rachel C. I use she and they pronouns. Prior to Ross, I was a high school band and orchestra director. So I'm making an extreme pivot here during my MBA. I'll be pivoting into consulting and interning with banding company in DC. And my MAP project has nothing to do with either of those things. And I'm really excited to talk about it today. Hi, everyone. I'm Kanish Goyal. Before coming to Ross, I was working as a marketing consultant for your medical device manufacturers at ZS Associates. At Ross, so far, I've been busy with recruiting only, uh, along with the, now the MAP project. And next year, I'll be part of the Follies team. So hoping to put a great show there for everyone. And after Ross, I will be going back to the consulting industry. Hey, everyone. I'm Yashesh. And uh, prior to Ross, I was in professional services for the last 10 years. First as a tax consultant and then as a management consultant with EY focusing on technology and finance functions. And um, right now I'm exploring the intersection of these areas and what I really want to do with it in the future. And for the summer, taking this further, I'm going to head into tech for the summer. And that's what my map project's also about. So happy to talk about it more. I am Elisalde. I am from Peru. And before coming to Ross, I was working at Bloomberg in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And I hope to use my MBA to pivot into a more strategy kind of role. Um, so that's why I am really excited to do my internship in Google in strategic partnership. So I'm really excited about that. And um, as some of the people in this table, my, my project does not uh, have nothing to do with <laughs> my career objective, but it's also very exciting. Really cool. Well, let's dive into MAP. I mean, Luke, can you tell us what it stands for? And I kind of gave it away at the beginning of the episode, but maybe you can also tell us how it fits into the whole curriculum. <laughs> sure. Um, so it stands for Multidisciplinary Action Project, um, and it really serves as a culmination of all of your core classes that you take during your first year of your MBA uh, and then some of the electives and gives you an opportunity to actually put all those lessons you learned into practice and, and go out and work with clients and customers out in the wild. Yeah. Um, Alice can you tell our listeners who are thinking about applying for Ross and thinking about an MBA, what's the process of like getting a MAP project assigned and how did you know which one you were on? Um, so basically by the end of fall B, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you had a list of projects that over the winter break you select, indicate your preferences. 
and the reason why you like those projects. And in the beginning of the next term, you are communicated by the map team, um, which is going to be your project. They do this basically by assigning you a random number. You receive an email with a random number on it. And one day we gather all of the MBAs in the Winter Garden and you just find out who other MBAs have the same number as you. And there is a box in the middle and you just got revealed your map project. So that's kind of exciting. Okay. Well, that sounds really cool. And I'm sure we're all on really cool projects. Who wants to share what project they're on and what they're doing right now? Yeah, I can go first. Uh, so I'm working with this nonprofit called The Giving Exchange. Uh, it's a California-based nonprofit who are mainly focusing their work right now in Nairobi, in Kenya. And their aim is to help those underserved communities in Nairobi to become more self-sustainable and self-reliant. And our project for these two months is to work with them and help them design a more sustainable fundraising strategy for the next five to ten years. My project essentially is quite tech-focused in the sense it's it's Indeed.com and they want to focus on two products specifically, which have been in the back burner for a while and they want to bring it out to market again and drive that adoption. And they want to have a roadmap of what do we do to kind of make it really stick and work in line with the strategic objectives. So it's a new experience in the direction which aligns with my career goals in a certain sense. And at the same time, you're working in a very flat organizational structure with other MBAs. And just navigating that entire process has been pretty crazy so far and exciting, um, but definitely an experience to look forward to. Yashash, a quick follow-up question for you on that. Within your group, can you talk about the different experiences that people bring to that? For example, if you don't come from a tech background, what is that like on a map project? Or can you still have a good experience? Totally. Um, Our team has only one person who has any relevant tech experience. And we have people coming in from the art industry as well, which is the absolute other extremity in my mind. And like, that's the beauty of it that you're learning from each other and at the same time solving a problem which none of us have actually done before. And it's that starting point that everyone's at the same level and you're kind of trying to achieve this goal, which makes it phenomenal. A map is more than just working. I mean, Luke, I hear you went on a trip. Yeah, so uh, a couple days ago, um, I just got back from Uganda. My map project is actually working with an organization called the Busoga Health Forum. And it's a group of clinicians and doctors and public health officials in Uganda. Um, and we've been working with them closely in identifying opportunities to commercialize diabetes care in the country um, and really bring testing and glucose control products to rural Ugandans. It was a great opportunity to interview and talk with people across the healthcare system there while also getting some tourist activities in as well. Amazing. Um, Rachel, you also recently went out of state. What was that like? Yes, I was with my project team in Seattle, Washington, I guess more specifically Kent. So my map project is working for Blue Origin, which is the space launcher company that's founded by Jeff Bezos. And we're doing some very interesting, almost like, you know, in this industry, like blue sky and truly thinking about uh, what is the future of the space industry look like in the next 5, 10, 20 years and what types of other services that Blue Origin might be able to bring to market to support our future space economy. 
So you're saying you get to go to the moon in the future for Matt, perhaps? <laughs> um, I did sign an NDA, so I cannot say whether or not. <laughs> but um, we, yes, we were in Seattle. It was amazing to have the opportunity to be on the ground and really speak to people that are working on these incredible projects every day, to have the opportunity to look at even production facilities and be on site. And as Thomas was saying, you know, MAP is not just working as well. Got to explore some of Seattle and eat some really good food with my MAP team of six and have that opportunity to get to know five other MBAs that I didn't really have the opportunity to get to know before or build bonds and friendships and just really enjoy this different type of semester at Ross. Yeah, for sure. Um, I can only speak from my experience, but working with people that come from very different backgrounds, possibly people that you haven't met before because they come from different sections. And so far, your core classes have been mainly with your section mates. How has the process of getting you up to a productive level been? Um, Elisaldi, can you speak to that? Yes. Uh, so actually, a little bit of context, my map project was uh, also in Kenya. Uh, we were working with Access Apia, which is a healthcare startup, trying to provide affordable healthcare to Kenyans that can afford to go to a private hospital or use the public services at all. So that was very exciting because, as Rachel said, I previously did not know most of my teammates. So we were in the space of two weeks. We, we needed to like join, start working together, get to know each other, and also spend the next two weeks in Kenya like working together as a team. So I think that that was a really great experience for us to like get to know people in a different type of context. And for me, it has been a really great experience to also learn from their points of view, their different backgrounds, bring something so rich to the project. So that, that was a very great experience. Alessaldi, now that you're back in the U.S. and are kind of reflecting on that experience with still the final deliverable coming up in the next few weeks, I know all of us are kind of uh, looking <laughs> yeah. down the pipeline at that. So far, has there been any aha moment for you or some really cool highlight of your trip that you'll remember when you look back on this experience? Yes, I would say that it's very different to try to understand the reality of the problem that we're trying to solve from an arbor. When we were here, we were, of course, reading about the company. We had some uh, Zoom calls with people working at the company, and that was great to get a sense, but there was no way that we could get a real sense of the problem unless we traveled there. So I think for me, the aha moment was when we were traveling in Nairobi to these low-income neighborhoods and visiting the clinics that the company operates there, and we see all of what they were trying to do and their value proposal. And for me, it was like a really uh, moment to say, we now know how this company operates from the inside. And I think gave us the confidence that the results that we are trying to build will be significant for them because we know how this company operates from the inside. I think for me personally, one of the things that I'm really grateful for is after all the classes that we've been taking, like MAP really gives a good ramp up to the summer where we'll all be working for our internships. And so I kind of want to throw this to the panel. What do you feel has been the most valuable about your whole MAP experience? So from my perspective, and and by the way, this is Eileen here, one of the co-hosts, um, backing up. So I came from a background, uh, quote-unquote, non-traditional from business. Um, I started off as a Peace Corps volunteer and then had bounced around a couple of different nonprofits in Boston before coming to business school and ultimately pivoting into the tech sector. I'll be interning with IBM this summer. And so I really wanted to use my MAP experience to give me exposure as someone coming in really green and wanting to be able to 
walk the walk and talk the talk, hit the ground running when I hit my internship. So my map is with Microsoft. And the biggest thing that I've taken away from that so far is just exposure to the industry and gaining that confidence working with our faculty advisor and our um, contacts within Microsoft to understand the process, the vocabulary that they use, and get embedded within that ecosystem so that hopefully when I start my internship this summer, I know a little bit more what to expect and some of that learning curve will be over. So that was my strategy going into MAP and so far it's been great. So picking up from what Eileen just said, one of the main reasons why I picked up this uh, MAP project as my top choices was to learn about how small businesses work because so far in my career I've only worked with large corporates, your big medical pharma uh, manufacturers and this project was an opportunity for me to learn how your unit economics work and how even a team of just five people can actually create a small business with running chicken coops, for example, and they can impact more than 500 people in their community. So that has been a great learning experience for me. Uh, in our MAP project, we also got a chance to visit Nairobi last week and we just came back. And during that week, we actually visited these four or five different project sites, which the Giving Exchange has sponsored over the last three to four years. And visiting those project sites, we got to interview the people who were running them, for example, we went to one of the children's home, which was run by a really amazing lady, Sister Esther, uh, that we call her. And she wanted to now build a water well, simply. And I was wondering, thinking how like a water well, just a water well cannot be a business, right? It's just a place you take water out. It's really important, a big necessity. But from my project uh, lens, it's not really a business per se. And then listening her thoughts on it and her plans about it, what she wants to do with that water well in the next five years completely changed my own thought process and the way I thought about that one single unit of water body and how she would first use it in their own home where 50 children are now uh, living and who are going to school every day from there on selling the water at affordable rates to the nearby villages and also keeping some of it aside for the animals around which can help sustain the wildlife around that area and which can help in turn sustain the vegetation and all the money that they can make through that forest area in which they are living on. So that was an amazing experience that just went to our interview with Sister Esther. And it has given me a lot of new perspectives as to how businesses can work and how um, even a small amount that you need to build a water well can actually impact over 500 people within a couple of years. So I would say that was a great learning experience that MAP has provided, which I hadn't gotten before this. And as I said, I'm planning to go back in the consulting industry it would be a great experience that I'm taking with me to, you know, look at different problems from a whole new perspective that I hadn't had before. Yeah, that sounds so valuable. I first absolutely echo what Eileen was saying about having the opportunity to almost have a second internship. As you know, I said, I was a high school band and orchestra director before, and I have strictly classroom experience. So having the opportunity to even on like the largest level, just see what it's like to do this type of engagement and what it takes to structure and work on a team and work through a project like this is really valuable. And I'd add that I feel like having the opportunity to engage with real business ambiguity is something that's been incredibly helpful. You know, these projects are real problems that these companies and organizations have, and they don't know the answer to. And for us to be able to actually work through something that has the ability to create lasting impact is incredible. I think about my project, like working on the space industry, like this is an incredibly young industry. I'm um, trying to think about what it's going to look like in 20 years is a question that is 
enormous to tackle and has you know a wide variance of outcomes that could happen. So having the opportunity to engage with that at Ross here when it's in a lab setting, when we have support from our faculty advisors and librarians to assist with research and our project sponsor as well to help guide and make connections for us to make interviews and continue to expand our knowledge is just a really incredible hands-on learning experience. Yeah, you need that support, right? Because like our Kresge librarian, he described MAP as like the ultimate anti-case. Like a case, it's a historical event. You have a set of tables and, and data that you can use that is attached to the case. And there's kind of a right answer to it. MAP doesn't have an endpoint. Like you have to build the structure within the whole ambiguity of the business problem that hasn't been solved yet. Any experiences in that regard? Yeah, so incidentally, uh, my map project had a precursor, which was the last map project. And the recommendations that were formed from that discussion are still being executed, which was phenomenal to see. And what that reflects is that the sponsors are really serious about this, and they want an outcome which matters and drives decisions for them. And by that extension, it's inspiring to the current map project that, yes, this is something which matters a lot. And at the same time, you're learning about the way even the companies work together and how do you collaborate with them without having that barrier of, you know, a consultant versus a client, which is the typical case that consultants usually face. So this is more collaborative, which makes it super exciting to go with. Adding on top of it, like working with our clients, uh, as Yashesh said, at the beginning of our MAP project, we spent the first week just sort of writing the scope of the project down. What exactly we'll do for you in the next six to eight weeks in which we also had to be very conscious of how much time we have and at the same time, what are the, some of the most important needs that are there for our, for our client. And during that time, we probably met just in a span of two weeks. We met probably three or four times with our clients and our faculty advisors that we have from Ross just to nail down as to what their biggest problems are because the giving exchange, which is our client, the nonprofit is, is a very young one. And to be honest, like there were hundred things that they they would have wanted us to do, but to work with them, uh, putting some of the constraints of the time we have and at the same time understanding what's the most important thing for them was a great experience and also helped us make a stronger bond with our client where we were working together rather than just being an external consultant for them, as Yashesh said. So in that regard, it was very different from a case. And at the same time, all those frameworks that we learned actually uh, while doing the cases and the different business cases during our classes came in really handy to actually, again, rein in, in and design it into something that we can finally deliver in eight weeks. So overall, a great difference, but at the same time, how our learnings from the last eight months are coming to our help was also great to see. You know, I love hearing about how much everyone is learning during this time and what a great educational experience this is. It's very true. Shifting gears here for a second, though, MAP is also a lot of fun. This is a fun time to be an MBA student because you're not taking um, a normal course load like you normally are. So I wanted to pivot a little bit and ask anyone to tell us about what it's like just being an MBA student during winter B of your first year. What's the social scene like? How has your day to day changed? Well, for starters, uh, there is no scheduled classes anymore, so we don't have to wake up at 7.30 or 7 a.m. <laughs> to rush to that early morning class. Um, that gives us a lot of freedom, and but also that we have to discuss with our teams to get everything organized and make sure that we follow that plan. Uh, but otherwise, I think that the social scene 
kind of grows during that uh, with winter V. I mean, at least I'm seeing more like happy hours and more events from people in, from different clubs and section events. So that's good. And I have missed so far the last two or three weeks because of the uh, travel, but I will say that that was also part of the fun time that I had uh, so far in my map project. I think that the travel was a really great, great experience. And I, I imagine that I will join the events for the next weeks as I am here in Anarul. I think the the travel piece of map is really enjoyable experience. Just getting to work really closely with your team and kind of get outside your comfort zone together was a chance to build friendships that would have been more difficult to to create if you're just sitting in a conference room. Um, on the the other side of the social scene, I think it's slowly setting in that uh, there's about five weeks left in the semester before everyone <laughs> everyone heads off to their uh, their separate spots for the summer. So there's definitely a, a long list of social activities that have been uh, starting to fill up the calendar as people try and uh, pack in the last activities of the year. Yeah, that's very true. When we record the Ross Weekly episode, we usually go through the calendar of the next week's events. I can tell you the episode that we recorded this weekend was a very long list. Everyone is <laughs> getting out there. One other perspective to provide to you, I know we've talked to a lot of folks who have been traveling. Um, my MAC project was fully remote. So there's a mixture of MAP projects that travel abroad, travel within the U.S., travel within Michigan. And then there are others that are fully remote, like mine with Microsoft. And that's been a different experience. Um, it's been really great because my team has bonded a lot and we've been able to prioritize working together in person in Ann Arbor, going out to dinner together, getting drinks. But each of us has also been able to do quite a bit of our own traveling. So I was in Phoenix last weekend. I'm going to Boston this weekend. And it's kind of nice to get to double dip during Winter B and be a part of this great learning experience while also getting to travel around and have some flexibility before internship starts. So kind of um, pros and cons to either way. Along with that, like talking about the fun part of uh, these two months, I think the way Ross has set up the whole map process and uh, the way we go through these eight weeks is also they've kept uh, a clear sense of, you know, that there needs to be some fun involved in this as well. Starting with the opening ceremony itself, when all 400 of us were standing there in the winter garden, getting to know what our projects are, who will our teammates would be, then moving on to the those Grubhub coupons that all of us have for our lunches and dinners that we get to do with our teams. And finally, we I think the last week we also had a map PR, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was also um, a lot of fun. So I would say along with the work and the learnings that you are taking, um, you get to have a lot of fun with the new friends that you are making in your map team. And at the same time, because now you don't have any other classes or you're done with recruitment as well. So there are a lot of those social events that are taking place. And I'm excited for the Latin vibes and the risky business ones that are coming up. <laughs> so yeah. huge shout out to them. Fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Latin vibes is going to be fun. It has to be said, the Office of Action-Based Learning has been doing an amazing job supporting us all. I think like everyone in that team really understands how valuable MAP is in, in your whole MBA experience. And so their support is um, invaluable. On top of that, too, they must have a huge budget line item for balloons. Because I swear, every <laughs> map of them, that is true. they have these huge balloon displays. They look great. It, I mean, I love a good balloon display. I've been nudged by my wife to get their balloon person um, because she was very impressed with the balloon arch that we had for the map kickoff. Yeah. Get their balloon guy. <laughs> <laughs> So MAP is fun. MAP is educational. Sometimes MAP gets a bit conflictious, maybe. Different team members, different visions on how to solve the problem. How has your team dealt with that? That's a good point. And I think it isn't a question of a conflict, but more about how do you gel and sync with each other. 
and come to the consensus of how we're going to work together. For instance, my team initially thought we're going to be fully in person in Ross every day of the week, five days, hammered out. But one week later, we decided, well, it isn't working out. So let's just be open about it and try out a hybrid way. So it's all about experimentation and being open and clear with one another. And I think people come in with that expectation that they want to have that dialogue. And that really helps people work the best way they want to. Yeah. MAP is really unique. I mean, I can't imagine any other comparable program in any other business school. Was that a big decision driver for you to come to Ross? Uh, yeah. So I remember the first time when I started looking into Ross as a prospective school, uh, the two things that really stood out for me was one, their focus on community building and teamwork, and the other being the motto of learning by doing. And I would say MAP brings both of these aspects together very well. As all of us have said that we've got to work with new people and build this really amazing teams in the four weeks uh, that we have been through so far. And at the same time, we are experiencing the work that our clients do, doing those site visits, working very closely with our clients and using all the uh, different fundamentals that we have learned in the last eight months. So from both of these perspectives, I would say MAP was a big draw for me when I was looking uh, at Ross as a school for my Ross interview. I mentioned about this one nonprofit that works in Nairobi, Kenya, that was part of a, uh, the whole list of projects in, I guess, 2017. And I said this to my interviewer that I would love to be part of a project like this. So I'm really glad that, you know, I'm getting to walk that talk now and finally getting that experience in. So, yeah, for me, it was a pretty big draw. I think I really also appreciated the fact that MAP is all that we're doing right now. It really is full time. We're really engaging with this every single day and not just as a side project that's after classes. You know, I have had the opportunity at Ross to engage with, you know, other action-based consulting projects, whether that be with Detroit Revitalization and Business Club that's working with nonprofit or organizations in Detroit, or a project I'm doing right now that's looking into LGBTQ plus um, inclusive organizational design for the next best practices. And I think a lot of you know, potential MBA programs I was looking at had opportunities like that, that were smaller, part-time on the side, but didn't have the full all-in aspect and the ability to deliver as much impact as I think the MAP projects do because of the time investment that Ross is willing to give us in order to engage fully. Yeah, you really get those eight weeks where your focus is entirely on maps. It's been really intense for us. I mean, I can only speak to our team, but we've been working hours when I was doing my research for business school, as Kanish said, I wanted to do a program that also had a, a component of action-based learning. But I think that stand out was that when I was talking with alumni of Ross, everyone speaks so fondly about their map experience and make me think that this project or this part of the MBA experience was really something special. So it really, really raised my attention to that when I was in my pre-MBA days. Yeah, I mean, just along the same lines, I knew I wanted to go and attend an MBA program where I could get my hands dirty, like practice what we were learning and attend a program that had that commitment to action-based learning or, or practice by doing. And I think outside of the actual MAP experience, it's also kind of a demonstration of how Ross prioritizes that style of learning. Um, across not just the classes, but a lot of the extracurriculars you have exposure to, the clubs that you can be a part of, things beyond just the eight weeks that you would have for your MAP team. 
I'll add to that too. If you're someone who's coming to an MBA to do a hard career pivot, which many of us are, um, it's really nice to get one extra big chunk on your resume that's going to back you up as someone who has experience in that area. So that's been wonderful for me. And then also, I think building confidence and just some exposure to the sector that I'm trying to go to has been a huge value add. Yeah. And Kanishk also alluded to it a little bit, but have you felt like you've been able to use the skills that you've been learning in fall A, B, winter A, um, in all the classes? Have you been applying those in the MAP project? Yeah, precisely. That was the conversation that I had with my team today. So we are doing a user research um, study. And this goes back to a class I'd taken back in fall A. And it's exactly the principles that you learn in class, which we're able to deploy right now and probably going to see the results in a couple of days. But it's just that excitement, which we are able to kind of reflect and say that, hey, I did this. I know how this works. Let me do it in a real life situation with an actual product or company and see how it works. And that's just one instance of how does it translate into the real world. But at the same time, you also understand that what are those nuances which you need to be aware of, which come into the picture uh, when you're doing this kind of uh, an execution. So it's definitely there. Yeah, I recently had an experience during our one of our MAP interviews where we were sitting in the office of a medical supplies distributor in Kampala, and he's explaining the process they take to make sure that they're avoiding stockouts in like rural clinics. And uh, I think we had plenty of exposure uh, during our last semester's ops <laughs> class on how we can prioritize and avoid stockouts in manufacturing scenarios. Now, for any incoming students, remember the word Littlefield when you start working on your ops class. <laughs> so close to my heart. Not even I not even ironically. Like <laughs> um, Rachel was our little field champion. Oh yeah. yeah. I got really into it. Ten out of ten would play it again. Um it was my little operations Tamagotchi pet. <laughs> you know, you just have to tend to it. But not not operations withstanding. I had a similar experience where I was really interested in beefing up my quantitative skills in MAP as someone who uh, doesn't have that experience and feels like I need that experience in order to you know continue to grow in my career. And I had an experience where I was building out a model where I was trying to project the number of commercial launches and was piecing together some data and built a regression model and then sat back and went, oh my gosh, like that was a direct application of something that we did way back in fall A. Professor Ahn would be Professor so Ahn. proud. <laughs> yeah, Crushing it. That's awesome. Probably the next case study. Uh, <laughs> you get to write that next case study for Ahn, <laughs> Professor Ahn's class. Maybe. <laughs> That's true. We'll see what happens. I'll say that uh, in my my experience, I also had the opportunity to apply some of the different topics that I studied in the previous terms. For example, I took an elective in B called Business Strategies for the Base of the Pyramid. And that directly applies to my map project. So that was very interesting to see how the business models that perhaps we research and read in class apply or come back to life in a real scenario. And... Also, the faculty that teaches that that class was also one of our faculty advisors. So he has been a direct a source of knowledge. Uh, he was actually in Kenya with us for uh, three days of our MAP project. So we were able to use his insights as well. And that was a really, really great learning experience. Yeah, sounds fantastic. Um, our listeners are usually current students and prospective students. Do you have any advice for our listeners regarding MAP and how to make choices and what 
map projects to prioritize when you're making your short list? Sure. I think one thing I would definitely recommend you do is use this as an opportunity to get out of your comfort zone, whether that's the opportunity to explore a new industry or maybe an industry that you know, but in a functional area that isn't familiar to you, or taking the opportunity to step into roles that you haven't done or aren't comfortable with, whether that means, you know, having the opportunity like I'm trying to do is excel as an individual contributor and build out some more quantitative numbers for my project to work with, or whether that means stepping into a more leadership or people management role. It's a great lab to experiment and try. And honestly, I think it's one of those opportunities where messing something up and having a failure in a place that is so low stakes and is designed for you to try in a high support environment is a way to really squeeze as much value as you possibly can out of your map. Another thing to add, sort of what Rachel said, Uh, From a tactical point of view, there are two questions, if I remember correctly, that we have to answer for each map project. One is, why do I want to be uh, on this project? And the other one is, what am I bringing to this project, the value that I'll be adding? And when we are deciding our um, top priorities, you might think that you want the best of both worlds in those answers, and then you'll get the one where, you know, it matches with both of them. I'd say prioritize um, what you will get out of that project and accordingly make your list. Because, for example, I have no experience in fundraising strategy or working with a nonprofit or looking at small businesses and understanding their economics. But I still got to work on this project. And it was, I remember, my second choice on that priority list. So I'm very happy about it. And I think the one of the reasons that I got to work on it was because I was able to passionately write about why I want to be on this project. So... In those two questions, definitely prioritize what you will get from this experience and accordingly make your list. And I'm sure you'll get um, your first or your second priority out of the list of projects we have. Yeah, I would echo what both Kanesh and Rachel mentioned about, you know, being conscious about what's your learning objective, but at the same time, you know, keep it um, in your mind when you're doing it as well throughout because things can move really fast. And in addition to that, I'd also think about what are those kind of projects which you may never ever get to do again in your life? You know, what is something that's so unique that really excites you? And that's kind of an important motivation to go in with and really enriches your entire experience. Because at the same time, you will be paired with people who want to be on that project. So it's kind of a balance between your learning objective, but at the same time having fun and the people you want to have fun with who are interested in the same thing as you are. So that's a great balance to have. Another thing I wanted to just quickly mention was um, when we are talking about the different projects that we get to choose is, so first of all, I'm a big fan of, you know, the way Ross has handled the whole map process and the way we get to choose these and all the different projects that they have selected because there are 400 of us in our first year MBAs who bid on these different projects and all 400 of us got to work on our first, second or third priority out of a list of 85 projects. So that really speaks of the vast spectrum that Ross has created here in terms of the different type of projects, the type of companies and industries that you'll get to explore. And at the same time, now you know that people who are working with you are people who are um, really passionate about it and they got their very first choice. So they'll be more than happy to you know spend their time working diligently on this project and you'll get to learn as much as you could uh, from this experience. Yeah, so, so valuable. I cannot be more grateful for you all sharing your experiences about Map Kanishk, Elisalde, Yashesh, um, Rachel, and Luke. Like, you've been really, really great guests, and I really appreciate you being here today. 
Awesome. Well, thanks so much, everyone. And Business Beyond Usual is brought to you by the Ross School of Business at the University of Michigan. Today's episode was produced by Thomas DeClerc and myself, Eileen Enright. Executive producers of BBU are Bob Needham, Christina Weiberg, and Eric Hopfenbeck. Special thanks to Jonah Brockman, who did our editing today. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, go blue. And this is Business Beyond Usual.